Heart Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Hi, Mike. Hey, Chet. It's going to be a low-energy podcast today. Yeah, Chet and I are pretty, pretty beat. My feet are killing me. I know my heel's been hurting me lately. I actually <laughs> took a razor blade to my heel the other day and like carved off a whole bunch of my calloused heel. <laughs> I know I've it got feels better actually. I've got that. My feet are like that too because I never wear shoes. Right, I've been wearing flip flop. I have crazy flip flop tan lines. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I do nothing though, because actually I just came in from doing like five hours of labor in the excruciating. Excuse me, excruciating hot, hot sun. So, and I was certainly wearing shoes during that endeavor. I saw an amazing spider. I didn't get to tell you about that. I'll just mention it right now. It was like, seriously, it looked like something out of the tropics. Like it looked impossible that it could even exist here. It was probably like seriously with its legs like that, which is like, I'm, I'm showing Chet maybe like four inches across. Uh. And on its back, what I saw was I saw this thing running and it was like silvery, like crazy, like this I didn't even think it was a spider because it was so big. I was like, what kind of bug is that? It was like this crazy flashing, like metallic silvery thing. And I was like, huh. And then I realized it was a huge spider and it has like this amazing like plate on its back that's like reflective silver shimmery. Weird. And then it ran up into these, you know, weeds or whatever. And I could see its underbelly and it had these huge long legs and it had like yellow and black stripes all up the insides of all its legs and its yeah, body. That's, that's those and orb was, spiders, right? I think aren't I they called know. orb orb spiders? I'm they're, not sure. They're huge. It was amazing, dude. It looked like I said like something out of like you know Guatemala or something. It was crazy. Right. But uh, yeah, it was really neat. Got to got to check that out. But I point being, I was definitely outdoors working in some intense conditions. And then, of course, you know, you've been doing your painting gig. I've been putting together these I Like to Paint Monster grab bags with collectibles from the making of Chetzar. I Like to Paint Monsters for those amazing people that hopped in and grabbed those up right before the Mysterian Kickstarter campaign. It's taken me this long to get it together. But I put all kinds of super cool stuff in there. Like, I, it was fun, actually, to go through that stuff because I found, like, uh, um, yeah, let me look at this. He sent me a picture of orb spiders. I'm going to look out while I talk. Uh <laughs> Mm, hmm. This is this huge. There's a lot of different pictures here of different spiders <laughs> all together. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been this one. Well, anyway, cool though. Yeah. So I, I was putting together these these grab bags for Chetzar. I like to paint monster people that hooked those up, and it, it's it's actually really uh it's been fun because I found all these room car keys and like badges from all these different events and sign Chet's our paint brushes and posters with sketches that you did on the back and bunches of prints and like crazy weird little prop things from, from the film, like stuff that didn't even necessarily make it in the film or just like little toy prop thingies. And so I packed these tubes full for these people. So I got that done. And then now of course I got to get, finish getting the screen ready. Cause I'm doing the dystopia flags uh, oh, for cool. Chet and yes. uh, actually for the, the dystopia Kickstarter campaign, he was originally going to do these little mini kind of like, cheesy real cheapo ones and then he was like well since such a small amount of people got it maybe you know you wouldn't mind doing some really cool big ones and we'll kind of distress them and stuff so anyway i've been really dragging my feet on that my apologies chet but i i'm getting that done here over the next three days which is super exciting because that's just another thing off the list yeah and then of course the mysterion thing and trying to get all the the final uh, pegs punched into the holes in order to 
finalize that process and get the ordering done. So yeah, work, work, work. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm working on the, the fear paintings for the show that opens October 7th and I've got nine of oh, them. It's October 7th. Yeah. I got nine and of I them. I definitely won't be there, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah my parents are going to come out, I think on that day. Oh, wow. That's cool. Anyhow, go ahead. October 7th, guys. Copper Gallery, Santa Monica, California. The Fear Show is going to be amazing. Oval portraits that Chet, that Chet is doing. And he hasn't done these since, what, 2005 or something? Yeah, 2006. It's like, yeah. Oval. 11 years, anyhow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, And then I'm doing, I have the paintings. I've got nine paintings almost finished. Um, and uh, I got to sculpt. I'm going to do these crazy hand cast frames for them. So. I got to get started on those. I'm completely wiped out. My feet are killing me. It's so weird when I get, when I overwork myself, my feet hurt. And it's not like I'm on my feet all the time. It's like I'm on my ass all the time painting. And my that's why your feet hurt. My ass doesn't hurt. My feet hurt. It's weird. It's not like from standing on them. It's just like pain. And my shoulders are completely fucked up and my wrists you know what, are you killing know what me. It is? It, the feet thing, it's, it's atrophy. You know, because when you don't, when you're, you're sitting, cause you, you know, you're working intensely on these paintings. You're sitting in front of these paintings and you're devoting this incredible amount of time to them, but you're sitting on your ass, right? So your, your, your ankles and feet and calves are atrophy, you know, your muscles are atrophying because you're not using them for like these three month stints where you're just busting <laughs> your ass. You know what I mean? So then when you walk on them, yeah, all of a sudden there's this blood flow to them in a weird way. And they're like moving around and shit. What's this all about? I thought I just hung out here like dangled on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just know when I when I overwork myself, my feet hurt like crazy, like the bottoms of my feet. And my shoulders are like I can't lift my arms and my wrists well, hurt. I'm just, yeah, that's I'm just I'm just in like such a bad physical spot. It's just so much pain, but well, got to get it done. Got to get it done. Good, you know. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. always worth it. It's it's like the other day I I decided I was going to build this raised garden bed out of like random materials that I found because next door I was like do dorking around in the weeds and I found these bunches of these amazing railroad ties and all this like construction material that's just rotting away. So I just decided, oh okay, well today I'm going to build a raised garden bed out of this. And I took on this project. It's like a nine hour project. I hefted all this shit over the fence, got it all, picked it all up, brought it all over there, got out the circular saw, got out the hammers, the screws, the nails. The, all the shit, you know, built this whole entire thing. And at the end of the day, it's like you look at this thing you just made out of a bunch of refuse that was laying on the ground rotting for who knows how long. And now you've got this amazing, you know, three foot by three foot by three foot garden bed that you can grow anything you want. And, and you feel that achievement, that sense of achievement. There's that physical exertion that goes with it, too. So you're getting like the oxytocin hits and you're getting the adrenaline hits and you're getting, you know, all of the good chemicals. I'm sure that you feel the same way even after at the end of a day of painting, you're just like... <laughs> You're like, how could you even think about anything at the end of a day like that? I'm just destroyed after I've been working my ass off yeah. all day. I, yeah, I, I'm just, I, I, my schedule's all messed up. Uh, I've been doing like four, painting till four, four thirty in the morning, and that's uh, been a mess. But yeah, at the at the end of the day, when the when the paintings are good, it's it does make me feel pretty good about it it's it's you know i wouldn't work this hard for anything else that's for sure if i wasn't getting something <laughs> out of it you know that's one thing about painting is that's different from working in the film industry is that every piece that i do is i feel like it's you know i'm sure i've said this before but i feel like it's working towards my future and i have something that matters to me at the end of it instead of just a paycheck which at, by the end of my time in the film industry it was like 
you're doing it for the paycheck more than the other part of it, which is the, you know, the, the credit or, or getting your work on screen or contributing right, to a good right. movie. Cause you know, you can always often count on the movie being good. So at least I've got, you know, I know I'm contributing towards my future. So that, you know, well, I'm curious in the in the film industry, and actually that is the topic, guys, of this particular episode. Even though we dilly dallied for however long talking about our personal lives, <laughs> yeah, part two, um, part two of yeah, the this film, is part two of Chet Zar in Hollywood. Um, I, you know, I'm curious, Chet, why is it that when you know you talk about this time frame where you wanted to leave the film industry and you wanted to get into fine art, but prior to that, you talked about doing these digital effects and trying these different kind of startup companies. One of the things you haven't mentioned yet that I think would be fun for people to hear about, and I'd like to hear more about, was the time that you started making masks and you had like a mask company. Oh, and, yeah. And that yeah. also leads me to ask my ultimate question, which is that why is it that, you know, in that industry, why you didn't try to go out on your own and create your own thing, you know, and like, work, I mean, I know you became basically an independent contractor more or less, and that's what that's what happened. But why is it that you didn't try to do your own startup for like, were you just like practical effects are dead and it's not going to be worth pursuing anymore? Or was it just because you were ready to paint and you were over it? Like, why didn't you, you know, you started a mass company. Why didn't you start like a FX company or some shit? Yeah. Well, I didn't start. I mean, the thing about the mass company that was, um, that was called the ghost factory. And that was for the, for Tony Gardner, the guy I was working for, that was his company. And we just ran it, me and Lisa and, um, a couple other people actually basically just ran this company and built it. He just f financed it, you know? So, um, that was really fun actually doing a mask company because Halloween masks are super fun to sculpt and paint. And it was, you know, figuring out the production process and we did it for three years. And then it, it's kind of a shame because right at the, um, the third year, it was the third year was was going to be the year that we uh, got profitability, you know, mm -hmm. like because we would you'd go, you have to go to the Halloween, the um, Halloween conventions, not not like you more like the the uh, the industry conventions for the Halloween yeah, right, industry. Right. And so we were making inroads there and every year we, you know, we were selling, but we we're competing with stuff getting made in Mexico and China. So our stuff was more expensive. And, um, and also when you're new to those conventions, you're, you don't, people don't trust you. They're not sure you can deliver. So, you know, they're not going to bet on you. They're going to wait and see if you're around in a couple of years. So about by the third year, we were actually going to make money. And then for whatever reason, he just pulled the plug on the whole thing. So it was kind of like, Oh, we finally got to that point where we're going to make money. And then it, it's, got the rug pulled out from under us so, so it's, so it's kind of like all the rest of your experiences in the film industry <laughs> just not like you're just waiting for wednesday to come around and they're like uh yeah it's wednesday so <laughs> yeah right. in two days. Well, i mean i still had a <laughs> i still had a job but then it was like all that work we did was kind of like oh man for nothing but so uh um, why so I did didn't, you, but, but why did you guys I, do everything when you, in the mask, like you went, you, you made them completely from scratch, like all yeah. these masks. Yeah. 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 And then we hired, you know, people working minimum wage to paint, come in and paint them and do the casting and, you know, cause you had, you have to make them pretty cheap and then we had to do simple paint jobs. So it was, it was really fun. It was fun. It was, it was great. A great time. But I saw that how hard it was to make money at it. So I didn't strike out on my own and plus i was i never struck out on my own because 
especially while working at Alterian was because I was just comfortable there. I was getting paid um, a, a good wage and it was, you know, two minutes from my house or not even two minutes. I could probably walk there, but I never did. It was right up the, right down the street from my house. And, um, uh, but as far as starting, uh, my own shop, by the time I wanted to get out of the industry, I just, I, I knew how the, how the business was heading, how hard it was to make a living, uh, running your own shop. So I didn't even want that hassle. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't, didn't want to deal with that. It's, I could have started my own shop and I probably could have been successful at it, but it wouldn't have been worth it. I just, you know, the people that start, uh, effect shops, they don't get to do any of this stuff, really. They don't get to do mm-hmm. any of the work. They have to deal with going to meetings, and that's the last thing I wanted, just to meet <laughs> meet with the executives. I couldn't picture you doing <laughs> meetings, really, other than, like, Zellos. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I, I was very very quiet in the meetings. I'd sit and ske- draw on a sketch pad whenever I had to go to a meeting. That sounds right. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. And then, yeah, by the time that I wanted to get out, I was just like, I, I got to do my own thing. I just wanted the freedom, the creative freedom. Um, yeah. And I just was thinking, you know, I thought the work was, my work was good and I was capable. And, you know, I always say this, that Stephen King is a multimillionaire. He does horror. He does dark stuff. And he's yeah. completely a mainstream in, in the mainstream. And if yeah. a guy like that can make it, then I can make it doing dark art. You know, not right. to say I'll be as big as Stephen King, but it just it just goes to show that there there is that there's a niche. Yeah, there for yeah, sure, definitely, and actually a niche that's only held by a you know a select few people. That's why you know when you mention someone like Stephen King, everyone knows who that is. But if you were to take a tangent from that and talk about other contemporary horror people like you were to say Peter Straub or, right, or you know Ramsey Campbell like, I mean, or something. Be like Hunt was, <laughs> you know, now if you said Dean Kuhn, sure because he's another one of those stockholders right. in the, the horror genre, the literary horror genre. But yeah, it's true so that you know there's like you said there's a niche there and, and then also if you know your own talent and you know your own potentiality from having worked with yourself for however long doing that shit, of course you know the potential potential yeah yeah that makes sense yeah so <clears throat> i just uh you know that was it i just went for it i just worked my ass off and it seemed like i, I called it my lifeboat my life raft that's what i joke about it you know getting out of the film industry because you know that's such a specialized skill it's kind of hard to apply it i could have gone i could have gone into the computer animation industry because i didn't have knowledge of that i could have gone into props and stuff but that's even smaller than makeup effects maybe well maybe not i don't know set building and stuff like that but but you like some of that weird techie shit too like when we were working on i like to paint monsters there were a few there were a few funny situations where uh, chet had to step in and do his after effects skills because i do not possess (laughs) basically any after effect any let's put it this way any after effects skills that i possess i learned from you during making chet's art i like to paint monsters yeah I you know, love After Effects. It's yeah, so, that's such a great program. You love that kind of shit. You like you like to sit down and get all techy. Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that makes me want to puke. Like it's I honestly I edited that film totally out of necessity. I did not edit it really because I wanted to. Right. I mean, I'm glad that I did. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, that I do not like that kind of like really repetitive right. techy fucking sit in front of the computer thing. Like, ugh, god, it makes me want to puke. I'd rather <laughs> just go film an interview or mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, something like real. 
But I, but I love people that love that because it's like, you know, like you, I, I got to tell the story real fast. I know this is a tangent, but so Chet was, was, I, I got Chet kind of tipsy for his first interview because we were just kind of really getting to feel each other out. And I had brought this Hendrix gin and Hendrix gin is like the best gin. And Chet really had never had gin. And I was like, I'm going to make you some gin, you know, gin and tonic. So I made him this drink and he was enjoying it and kind of loosening up. And at a given point in time, some of the, the gin and tonic must've gotten me, <laughs> you know, and it, and it's kind of sparkling. Like, the beard sparkle. Yeah, it was a drop. It was a drop of gin in my beard. <laughs> we call it. We called it the beard sparkle. And Chet was like desperate to have me get rid of it. And I understand why because it's like you're going to make this piece and it's going to go out into the world. And well, I see. I see documentary. Forever, I, I see documentaries all the time where they're interviewing someone and they got little white foam in the corner of their mouths and i'm like mouth. take that yeah. out it's distracting and embarrassing for the person no, it's I so agree. easy to or do like last night i was watching the show <laughs> called women behind bars and this guy's nose hair was gray and it was growing so far out of his nose it was into his exactly mustache. His mustache was gray so it was like his mustache was going up his nose dude it was so like, yeah so anyway i'm not i i'm not uh, i'm in support of the decision yes, I know, I know. but ultimately it was the, funny the it was, was funny. that we needed to get rid of this beard twinkle <laughs> we call it so we're th- you know i'm trying to desperately that he's like telling me, you know, here's how you do it. And I'm like trying and I'm just failing epically. And I sent it to him and he did it, you know, in a lickety split. (laughs) But there was some other really hardcore technical shit that I'm not going to go into that he did where I was like, blown away like seriously i was like this guy is a wizard like you know when you watch somebody do shit that you think's impossible and they just do it so easily like that was when you were out here on that trip right and you were helping me because we were interviewing and then working on the documentary and he was just fucking knocking this shit out that i'm like seriously i'm looking at that going like i don't even know that that seems so impossible but i just watched him do it and he made it look so fucking easy (laughs) i I just i got so into computer animation i was building my own computers i was learning all yeah, I used to build my own computers. I had I would always get uh, Maximum PC magazine, and I was up on all the all the the tech stuff, and uh, and they're actually pretty easy. I bought a book how to build a computer, and and so I I uh, it's a lot cheaper, and you can get a better computer when you build it yourself. But um, uh, it I I I just I'm I've always been very technically oriented i love you know makeup effects is super technical there's some you know i've just always been very process oriented i i like that stuff i like getting in there and and learning that sort of thing so i was super into after effects most of probably you know the disturb the normal animation stuff i did was uh 3d but it was it was i've rendered out the 3d elements and then i composited them into after effects and did all kinds of processing and put made backgrounds so they look like these three-dimensional scenes but they're not they're oh you know like there's ones you know i don't know if you remember the the you know these kind of squirmy guys that are going Mm -hmm. back yeah you know they're like x-ray guys and they're going back that was just a single render of an of an animated x-ray guy Mm -hmm. i I got i found this uh actually adam jones sent me this image you know of this guy that was this dead guy that they x-rayed his body and then i mapped it onto the shape animated it squirming rendered that out and then duplicated that animation and offset it so they're all moving at different oh, rates and then and then shrunk I, I put them in layers and i put them like five of them behind each other and shrunk each one and then blurred it out as it as as it got smaller so mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. it, and then made it an animated texture i think in after effects and and it looks like this depth 
this you know it totally does depth three-dimensional even more scene. so than like it's kind of creepy honestly how like it, this you know jim Bynke told me a story about you in the film industry actually that didn't make it into the documentary which is really interesting he was talking well it's kind of pre the film industry but it's the same thing it's effects he was basically talking about working with you and how you could do shit that was impossible he was like chet would do stuff that was totally impossible where you'd be like i don't even what he just did doesn't even make like physical sense and one of the things he was talking about was you were molding your finger and you like did some, <laughs> you yeah, did right. something where you use some kind of a, a substance to mold your finger that shouldn't be able to hold a shape. And somehow you still manage to like mold your finger and get this amazing mold. But it was like <laughs> with something that shouldn't have been able to actually during that time frame. That was like, weird. I don't, yeah, I don't hold the shape. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I don't understand how that works still. It was an alginate mold, which is water based dent and stuff they used to use for dental impressions of my finger, which was, you know, it's all good and well. And then I didn't know any better. So I mixed foam latex in and put it in there and it shouldn't work in an alginate mold. It just shouldn't work. And somehow it, it worked and it, this great finger came out of it and I stuck a chicken bone in the end of it. <laughs> that the one that you scared people with? Yes. Yes. I still have that finger somewhere. I got to find that in a box somewhere. My so yeah, so box. you're like the magic man when it comes to doing <laughs> these like ridiculous things that are a little bit farther along than everybody else around you. I don't know. I was just experimenting. I was just a kid. But anyway, I don't know. Well, 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 well it's a film industry, hear, film industry. I wanna, yeah, film industry. But that's kind of what we're talking about. Yes. Stuff. But uh, I want to hear what your favorite project was to work on and why uh, in, during the, your entire tenure in the film industry. Well, I'd have to say overall, it would be the tool videos, I think. Yeah, because, yeah, there, there you, you know, you knew it was going to be good for one thing. There was no no question that is this is this project worth the time and energy I'm putting into it. You knew it was going to be good because all their videos are amazing. So and then it was Adam, who I'm friends with. So and creatively, Adam and I have always been we just click together. It's you know, you get together with people, certain people and you don't really mesh and it's awkward. But him and I just automatically I, I think it's because we like a lot of similar things um and there was a certain amount of creative freedom there as well you know I, I think i don't know if it was intentional but i always kind of assumed it was that he would have at least one character that he would say do whatever you want kind of thing which hmm. you know rarely happens except on the uh, the hellboy <clears throat> you know that's the only other time i could think that it really happened on uh, hellboy 2 with the chamberlain but um you know, the hours were grueling, the money wasn't great, but but everybody was doing working on it because it was gonna be a great piece of art, you know, and, and so that that was that made it all worth it. And uh so overall that was the most rewarding. I also had no I was the, the head of the effects crew. It was my crew, so I wasn't working under somebody really. So um, you know, that was more rewarding. It was, you know, and it was all about surrealism and, and just coming up with the weird, weirdest ideas. And you didn't have to, there was no approval process from a bit, you know, a bunch of movie executives. It was all real kind of indie and in-house and just basically Adam's approval, which is cool. Um, and then, all the, was that stuff all shot <laughs> were in LA? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Down, warehouse, warehouses in downtown LA. Mm-hmm. I think, but, um, you know, other than that, they, the, the Hellboy 
Hellboy 2 was cool because I, you know, like I said, Guillermo let me do the the Chamberlain, which was, you know, just whatever you want to do. And then he approved it and I just built it. And I got to work with Mikey on the, the costume. He did the costume. So that was kind of no, uh, I didn't have any, you know, and then Mike Belizaldi, the boss at Spectral was cool. He just kind of let me do my thing. So that was fun. But where did the idea come from for the Chamberlain? Where, where did that start? Was it just a sketch of yours? Yeah, that was just a, a clay sketch, like a maquette. <clears throat> I just, I, I don't, I just, just the first thing that popped out, you know, and it looked pretty cool. I was just, I don't, I don't even remember. I just kind of made it and I thought I'd have to make a few before he accepted it. I was surprised. He was like, oh yeah, okay, let's do that. So, nice, you know. Uh, I you know the blob the first big film I worked on was also really fun that's up there in my top top film memories because I was totally green I was like what it was 86 or something so I was probably 18 or 19 86 87 now 87 88 know, something like that I was young 19 probably and um, it was in it was Right off Hollywood Boulevard, the shop, it was a huge shop. There was money. There was time. It was, I was working with all my FX heroes. Um, so that was fun. That was, that was really enjoyable. And uh, 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 Darkman was after that, which was really fun because, you know, that was kind of a cool movie. And I was a big Sam Raimi fan. Um, and I got to design, you know, sculpt the whole makeup and apply it on set, which was cool. Got to know Liam Neeson and he's really nice. So how many hours was that? Like, did you have to, you had to do that every time you guys shot, right? So that was like every day you shot, you had to apply that shit. Yeah. It was like three, three and a half hour makeup or something every day. Wow. Yeah. It was crazy. So it's kind of like almost in some ways being like a tattoo artist, you know, because you got to sit with these people and you're basically stuck with whoever they are and you got to do yeah. your thing, which you're applying to them and you're on them and touching them in very personal yeah. and uncomfortable yeah. ways. And they have to just trust you. And then you have to like somehow carry on some kind of like a conversation. It's very yeah. much like being a tattoo artist. Yeah, that's well, that's what I didn't like about it. One of the things I didn't like about <laughs> it, because, <laughs> well, I, I like to. You know, I like to do the makeup once, maybe twice so I could perfect it. But I didn't like doing the same makeup over and over and then having to talk to people. I mean, I like the thing I like about painting is that it's solitary, Yeah. you know, and I could just get totally into the painting and not have to worry about someone else's feelings or that I'm right. bugging someone. And I always felt, you know, you have to glue right under these people's often you have to glue right into their eyes you have to you know it's uncomfortable for them you have to tell them to look up and you're putting a brush right you know right into their eyelashes um you know it's it wasn't and i'm not like a people person i'm just mm -hmm. not naturally like that so it was, it was something you just had to deal with which is probably why i wouldn't be great at tattooing as well because it's i'm just you know i really like the the, sol the solitary aspect of art making mm -hmm. you know um I'm, I'm very comfortable being by myself and and creating stuff you know I'm, yeah, I'm yeah definitely an inside of my own head kind of guy 
I remember in Dark, I, I rewatched Dark Man not that long ago, and there's these funny sequences where they like zoom into his face, yeah, and it's like, and it like, and it so much remind me of the original Mad Max because they do that where oh, like, yeah, yeah, trucks are driving yep. at each other, you know. I know exactly and, and what you're talking it's about. Just stuttery, it's almost like yep. progressive or like stop action, you know. Yeah, and the face like obviously is like at a given point in time, not the face anymore. It's sculpted now, and it's like not right. the same. Face. And it's like doing some, it just like. It's, it happens so quick that the first time you watch it, and especially in context for when the film was made, it's like amazing. But now when you watch it, it's so cheesy and funny and like perfectly from that era. It's so, you know, well, it's, I, just, I get a kick out of it. It's I, It was kind of under underrated because it was, you know, one of the first comic book style movies. You know, right. it really was like Sin City, but way yeah, before. yeah. Or like, but like, and like Creep Show was, you know, mm-hmm. probably one of the first to be like that. But it was, it, you know, it was a comic book type movie. So it was highly stylized mm-hmm. and really kind of funny and fun and weird. And, totally. you know, uh, so it, it's really great. And it's funny too, because they, the, um, the end of, I think, Spider Man, Sam Raimi went out to direct Spider Man, which is like mm-hmm. huge. And, and big money. Yeah. And the end of uh, Spider-Man is exactly like the end of Dark Man. And I know ne- I've never heard anybody talk about it to where. Huh. Yeah. I, th- I don't know if it's the end or it's the part where the, um, I don't even remember Spider-Man, but I, I, I haven't know, watched it ever. So I know there was a part where the bad guy says to Spider-Man, you know, you're just like me and blah, blah, blah. And, and that same whole interchange happened <laughs> in the, at the end of Dark Man. Where, where, you know, he's like, you're just like me. And it's, but it's, if you watch both, both those movies and look for it, you'll see. I thought it was really interesting. That is interesting. But Sam Raimi was super cool. So that was kind of a fun film to work on. And I was so young and, and, uh, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> I remember one funny story from Dark Man uh, among many. Um, uh, there was a guy, what was his name? Bill Warren, who's like a a director, or he was like a uh, no, a writer for like Fangoria and stuff. Super horror nerd kind of guy, nerdy guy, really nice guy, but very you know totally a a horror movie geek like you know the rest of us. And he came up to me. He's like, Liam's performance is it's it's the best thing since. Karloff and Frankenstein. It's really incredible. <laughs> and I was all young and super naive, right? And Liam's been in the makeup for I don't know how many hours, eight hours or something. And he's, you know, not. This is, you know, he's a real actor. He's like a, a real dramatic actor. And right, so this right. thing was, I don't think he was. Way outside of his his type his uh, typecast. It's not his thing. It's like yeah. a genre film. You know what I mean? And I and I went up to him and I was like, <laughs> so so embarrassing. I was like, hey, that guy, the the writer guy, just said that your performance is the best thing since uh, Karloff's Frankenstein. He's like, oh, really? That's great, amazing. Like he was all sarcastic, <laughs> like you know, to an actor. Like a real dramatic actor right, getting right. that's not really a compliment. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I was like, oh yeah, he's probably kind of irritated right now. Like, Cause it was grueling. I mean, it was, he would, he couldn't eat. He had, you know, dent, uh, teeth outside of his lips, like hard uh, acrylic teeth outside of his lips. So he had a hard time eating. So he'd eat a lot of like almonds and he'd kind of uh-huh. pour them into his mouth. And I remember after a whole day of 12 hours of shooting, we'd be taking his makeup off and he'd have almonds 
stuck down in between his teeth, <laughs> his fake teeth and his lip. <laughs> These almonds That's would great. come flying out. Yeah. Yeah, That's he was funny. he's great. He's a great guy. Super, super nice guy. Who who else did you work with that was exciting to work with that was, you know, somebody who turned out to be really fun that was like maybe a big name person? Well, you know, I did I tell you about that? Did we talk about the the blob story with Hoyt Axton and Boning Fingers and the and so. and the uh the synchronicity episode? I don't think so. Okay, well I'll say it real quick. Uh stop me if we did. Well, probably people haven't heard that one anyway, but it was really strange because I was on the blob. This was <clears throat> 87 during a round of my, that time of all the Ouija board stuff and the psychedelic thing. And, right. You know, synchronicities left or right. Magic in the air. It was just a super exciting time. And <clears throat> um, I had my band Skin Horse at the time we were playing. And Mikey was telling me, "Oh, you got to, you guys should do a punk cover of the song Bony Fingers." Uh huh. I'm sure I've told this story. I've told it somewhere, but uh, it was really weird because he got, you know, I used to joke that, yeah, Bony Fingers. He was making it up that it wasn't really a song, but apparently there's this country song called Bony Fingers, and he finally got me this cassette, and so we started playing it. This uh, ver- punk version of Bony Fingers did it really fast because it's, it's a really great song. So um, <clears throat> uh, it, it turned out that the, the writer was this guy, Hoyt Axton, uh-huh. who was the, the father in Gremlins. If uh, okay. Yeah. 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 And he's dead now. But um, he, he was the writer. And we did the song and it became kind of popular in our set. And then one day Tony comes up to me. He's like, "Oh, I got a, a job for you to do on on the uh, the blob on this uh, this this effect, and it's gonna it's and you're gonna the actor's gonna come in today, and you need to live cast do his live cast and and then you know cast his teeth and stuff. And it was Hoyt Axton, and uh, <clears throat> totally weird because it all happened around the same time. And then you get to meet the guy and do his live yeah, cast, right. <laughs> and he was totally fucked up. he was yeah he was like a he was talking he was high or something or drunk or something but he was while we're doing his live cast he was talking about all these crazy stories about watching it being on acid and watching 2001 space odyssey or planet of the apes or something in the theater and it was just like all these crazy drug stories he was Uh a total partier this like country guy but Anyway, it was really strange. It was yeah, weird, that's, that's weird synchronicity. I don't think I've ever heard that story. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. I've told it somewhere, but uh, it was pretty cool, though, because it just was like, wow, that was magical. Yeah. But no I'm, you know, what are the chances? Come on. Yeah. Next to nothing. Yeah, what a trip. Yeah, but it was cool. So I got, so there's, I forget what the effect was, but I, I do, I still have his teeth somewhere around here. <laughs> of course. <laughs> can you, can you tell, can you tell him about the, the hand life cast that has the, uh, the three fingers and the thumb? Cause I thought that was pretty awesome. Oh yeah. The Dick Smith cast. Yeah. That's a great story. Uh, yeah, that's not really have to do with me, but it is an interesting story about Dick Smith, uh, the yeah. guy who did the Godfather and, and, uh, the exorcist 
Um, he did the effects of The Godfather, The Exorcist, all kinds of amazing movies, Little Big Man. And you went to his school. You went to the Dick Smith School, right? Yeah, well, I, I did the correspondence course. It was it was his. It was like you just got stuff in the mail. Basically, everything he knew in a, right. in, in, in a notebook, kind of. So it's really in depth. Uh, that's where I, I learned a lot of stuff. But um, it's relevant. He so, was an influence on you, and you possess this oddity. Well, yeah, a lot of uh, this hand cast has gone around. The people trade sure. life casts in the industry. A lot of people have like Boris Karloff and Vincent Price and stuff. But I've got this cast of his hand. Someone gave me. It's got three, and, and if you look at it, it's got three fingers and a thumb because he got his ring finger uh destroyed while working on the exorcist um his wedding ring got caught on a jeep so the story goes <clears throat> and the ring ripped off the skin from his finger when the he got off the jeep on location the jeep took off caught on his ring finger ripped the skin off of his finger left just like bone and gristle so they had to amputate his ring finger and the doctor was smart enough to remove the bone in the hand as well so that his hand, so his hand ended up looking like normal, until you notice he's only got three fingers. Like there wasn't yeah, a space there. <laughs> it's so cool. I was, like, I was like, it was the last time I was at your house, and I was, I like sleep <laughs> at night, and I woke up in the morning, and I was like in your studio and kind of like groggy and looking around, and I saw this hand, and I was like, oh, that's a really cool, you know, life cast, and I picked it up, and I was looking at it, and something struck me as really odd. <laughs> but I it looks so natural. It yeah, it looks so normal. I was like. Well, first of all, it's tiny. I was like, this guy's hands are like, you know, so small. I mean, I have big hands. Uh, yeah, you know? That thing hands. felt so little in my hand. <laughs> but then you were like, oh, yeah, and you told me the whole story. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of cool. So he's got had three fingers on his hand. Three yeah, fingers and a thumb. Yep, see, that's, that's officially anecdotal. Yeah. So let me see. What's, what's, what are some other good stories? We should have fielded some questions for people, maybe. Well, um, did you did you do any weird other uh, like sculptures inside things that no one would see that were hidden behind costumes during, you know, scenes in films? Uh, people like that. People seemed like the hamburger in the armpit. Let's see. Cheese, cheeseburger in the armpit. Yeah. Which, which, of course, reminds me of, of cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Uh, I know I have. I mean, everybody does it. Everybody in effects has sculpted in little everybody secret messages. Does it. <laughs> Usually it's, you know, I know people have, I know people have written insults about their boss in sculptures. I know that's happened on rough films and I won't say who and who the boss was, but, uh, there's stories about that I've heard. Um, so you, but you were, here's the thing, I, you know, from, for all intents and purposes, it seems like when you were a kid, you were a prankster and you have all these stories of your family members telling of you doing all these pranky, these pranky things. You got to have some pranky shit that you did in the film industry. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, cough it up, cough it up, Chad. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people in effects are kind of pranksters. I think it goes with the, the whole thing, you know, the whole thing of effects is like magic yeah. tricks and fooling people, practical jokes, it, it's all kind of related. So, you know, there, there's, uh, I mean, people would, you'd go, be on set for a long day and people would fall asleep. And we have all these, you know, glues that dry instantly and, uh, you know, all these industry kind of things. And we would glue, you know, cans and cups and 
paint sticks and things to their shoes. <laughs> so when they're asleep, so they wake up and there's just like a two foot pile of, of things glued to their feet, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, you know, they're, they're, I, I, a friend of mine, here's a, here's a good story. A friend of mine farted in Steven Spielberg's face. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he told me on Jurassic Park, he farted in his face. Um, he just an, he just took it, an opportune moment. It, like yeah. he just saw his cubic centimeter of luck and went for yeah, it. Yeah, he was kneeling down, and this guy farted in like a silent fart in his face. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many stories like that. There's so many stories like that well, you hear. Sounds, from what I know, and I won't mention any names because that's all on you. But you, there was quite a bit of uh, fart capturing, catching, throwing uh, behavior going on in in the effects studio. Yeah, it's very juvenile. <laughs> You know, these people, so funny I know, people in the effects world are, are kind of, we're, we're stuck in our uh, adolescence in a way. Yeah. They're, you know, you, you're not a we anymore. You moved on to painting. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still, you know, I'm still, I'm still the same. You've never, you've never pulled a practical joke on me and I've known you for fucking six years. That's true. That's true. There might be something to that. Maybe I was um, in the, in the industry, I was acting on my underlying aggressions about being in the industry or something right right yeah well plus you're, so, you're I bored. have a question okay, yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry, go ahead. no okay. i was just saying you know things get monotonous too on set you're there for hours and hours you get monotonous even in, in the shop when you're working on the same stuff you're painting a million you know a million ears over and over so people have to do something to relieve the the boredom so that's where a lot of that comes from also yeah so I'm curious, uh, you know, I did not think that the film The Ring was very great overall, mm-hmm. but I, I love the idea of it. And, and actually, I think that the, the Ring was better than Ringu, the original Asian one, even though I typically prefer Asian originals to the American adaptations. I still did think The Ring American version was better than the Asian version, the Japanese version. But anyway, uh, the, the what I wanted to ask was what part, what role did you play in that film? Because the only thing that I really liked about that film were the creepy, weird, like – video cut stuff that they did you know fingers and like weird like it just was such art film shit i loved it you know what's weird is i think i felt like and i may be wrong and 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 out of bounds here but i thought that when i saw that i thought that looked a lot like the toilet training animation if you look at that now with the the wallpaper and the wall and like the woman and there's an oval shaped picture or mirror on the wall i think it looked uh-huh. it looked like some you didn't do that no that i had nothing to do with it and i was you know i i kind of wonder if there was if i had if that <laughs> animation had some influence on that but um i think I, I mean i have i've only seen it once and it was so long ago that i just had the literally the only thing that strikes me is the well girl with hair over her face right. and then the weird cut video thing that they did that just was super basically they could have taken the whole rest of the movie and thrown it away and that bit right there was fucking awesome yeah from my recollection as a young I, person I, yeah i i liked it i i need to see i do need to see it again but i think i was at rick baker's there i was in the uh, at that time i was in the paint department so i think what i did is I had kind of minimal work on that. I painted, I think Kazu was doing her makeup. I know what I did. I painted a, a dummy of the girl. There was a, uh, okay. a dummy of the girl and, um, you know, her arms and legs were showing. And so I painted painted them, basically. I mean, that's how it was at, at shops. You, 
they'd have a few shows going on at the same time and you're in the paint department and you paint whatever they put in front of you and you, you they give you reference they give you the piece that's all ready to paint and you paint it you know and right, it's, so right. it's kind of more often than not it's that kind of assembly line you know still a great assembly line you know still a great job but um it's not like you're involved in every aspect of it until you get to a certain level like kazu right. was you know overseeing that so yeah. you know a lot so, of stuff i worked on is like that where i'm just doing piecemeal stuff sure sure so what was the biggest thing that you ever like the biggest sculpt you did for uh, a film like uh, just in sheer size yeah probably the men in black too i did this pretzel guy mm-hmm. that finally that got cut from the film and ended up they ended up putting it in storage uh and and using it for men in black three which i still haven't seen but they actually uh, finally uh, used it it was you know it was um sculpted it was a full body suit and the the head was in the crotch area sort of like the pelvis was the head and i and i had it was back when you know green screening out parts of people's legs and stuff was still like a new kind of a new thing and everybody wasn't mm-hmm. doing it um like they did it with pan's labyrinth and with uh-huh. pale, the pale man and the fawn character you know they they green screened out parts of their legs and arms to make them skinny or whatever and mm-hmm. um i had that for the pretzel guy they call we call it the bill sturgeon came up with the name pretzel guy it was just an a, an alien it was <laughs> it a, does kind of look like a pretzel <laughs> honestly yeah it's like weird Wiggly. I mean, it's on my website. If you go to my website into the filmography section, there's a picture of the, the or we could, you know, use that. That's, that's chetzar.com. Yeah. And there's a filmography tab in the upper right hand corner. Of we the, could put uh, that page. picture of the pretzel guy for oh, the, yeah, for the, the, guy. For the, uh, the podcast this week. Good idea. We always come up with one while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> how, how efficient of us. But that was fun. I mean, I got to just sculpt it. So was my, that just uh, your choice? Because I know I've seen sketches of it. So you came up with that whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. The design and it got you know it got approved and they just said go for it. So I made a maquette, got approval and sculpted the whole thing. It was really fun. Got to paint it myself. You know that that was really cool. We did it. There was an you know there was like Mortal Kombat. You worked on the original Mortal Kombat. I think it was the first one. That's so cool. Cause see, I was a kid that grew up on yeah. like. You know, right when Sega came out and you had like the blood code on Mortal Kombat, it was like A B A C A B B, and you'd like be able to then like when you rip out their heads right. and shit. And I was like so into that. I was like twelve or thirteen. So when that movie came out, I was like, oh my god! Was, was there I, think like, I saw that in the theater even? Wow, was there like a big castle? Do you remember? Because we, remember. we made this huge prop castle, yeah, that, like an evil castle that was uh-huh. that had all these mountains. Like a, it was really huge and really cool. And I did some work on that. Uh, we did. There was a lot of things that you know, like uh, contact. That movie, contact. Oh, that was great. You know, we great. we did prop stuff for that. Weird little props. Um, Didn't you wait? Wait, tell that this is a good one. Tell them about what you did on uh, the the film, The Doors. <laughs> I love this because uh, people will be able to see it. They'll pick it out because you told. Oh me wait. That. This actually makes me think of one of those funny things. You know how. Uh, uh, the the sculpting hamburgers and and yeah, yeah. stuff the, in the Mortal Kombat castle there was a little road going up to the castle this is a huge it was huge though it was like I don't you know probably 
10 feet high maybe it was big it was a big miniature maybe not that high but it was big six feet high and chris my friend chris was i got him a job at the shop and he was working Uh on building that prop and um he put you know those little stirrings mcdonald's had a coffee stirring stick that has the m Mm -hmm. at the top he put he put one of those like in the in the uh you know, in the mountains. So it looked like there was a McDonald's in there because <laughs> it looked like a McDonald's sign. So anyway, that was, a, that was one of those things I'm telling you it happens on every big effect like that. But what was the question you, which the, uh, thing no, I wanted you to, t- I wanted you to tell you what you did on the doors, the doors. I sculpted the little Jim Morrison puppet. Yeah. Right? You made the, the dolls. Do you guys remember at the end when Jim Morrison's all like, he's been all drunk and he's all hairy and fat and shit. And he goes to the party at the end and they give, they give him this doll it's like a yeah, little Jim yeah. Morrison doll. That's Chet. So I you see. guys got to watch for it. Such a great film. The film's <laughs> awesome. But Jim Morrison's definitely, you know, at the bottom here at the end of the film. It's right before he dies. But yeah, I, it's so funny. Yeah, I, was, I, I was, painted, I think I painted his tombstone too. With like oh, his yeah, bird shit all over it. And, nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. See, now you guys can look for those things. Cause like the, I, I remember the doll even from being like the first time I saw that film, I was probably like 13 years old and I thought it was the coolest film I'd ever seen in my life. Of course. And, yeah. and I remembered that scene and I remembered that doll. So when Chet told me that it was so funny cause I have a photographic memory so I can like call that film cell from the film right now. I can see the doll in my head, you know, <laughs> so it's just a trip to think like Chet Zar was, you know, you made that. And I was like influenced by that at that age. And then I would meet you later again. It's those weird synchronicities, you know? Yeah. You know, I did, I, there, I did a lot of weird, whatever came around too, like the movie, my bodyguard with Whitney Houston and oh, yeah. Kevin Costner. There was a, a Barbie doll that ex, that's supposed to be a, a, a bomb. And I, yeah, totally. And I've painted and, that i don't i did something like i made this barbie doll and there was a little like beaver toy that was supposed to be a bomb i think it was a beaver and i sculpted and painted that to look like a little toy and speed remember that movie speed yeah with counter reeves we made yeah. the, the bomb Sounds for that public. yeah we made oh, yeah yeah so you know there, there might have been a little piece i sculpted for that it was always just weird weird little things here and there you know yeah. It was a lot. There's way more than I've got listed, you know, it's 15 or 20 years or whatever of just whatever came in the shop, you know? <clears throat> right. Um, there was a really cool sh- movie. I mean, I think the movie was terrible, really bad, low budget movie. And one of the first ones we did, it was, it was, it was I think after the blob and before dark, man, God, I wish I could remember the name of it. But there was a scene where there was just all these dead bodies that this killer had stored in his in some room, and so it was really we really made some disturbing stuff. There was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there was like this church lady. One of them that that I did was this. It was like a you know like a black church lady in kind of church clothes, and she had like a, a you know cows have those holes in the side where they yeah. checked their guts. She had one of yeah. those, those in her side. Oh, gnarly. Yeah. And then there was a little girl that's probably like five years old that was kind of hung up almost like crucified. And she had like a little bunny slipper on, but her, she had no eyes. It was just like really bad. <laughs> really wow, hor- pretty brutal. Yeah. Really just brutal stuff. But you know, I always got into the technical aspect of it, just making it look real. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was really, it's really weird. 
<laughs> I forgot the name of the movie, though. Yeah, I've never heard that story. Yeah, I forgot about it. That's why. I still have pieces of some of this stuff around. Like, I got the church lady arm somewhere, and <laughs> I got some of those ghost factory masks, maybe, in the attic. And, you know, That's I, cool. Yeah, not not too much, but... Um. Anyway, what 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 are some other film things? Some other film things. Film questions. Film questions. Well, I mean, obviously, you talked a little bit about the tool stuff. What what exactly, aside from being the director of, you know, this group of effects people, did you do? You know, because you haven't really talked specifically about things that you did that you enjoyed that were oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I could talk about the tool videos. Um, that's actually that's. Where I first discovered Bekshinsky was from Adam. Uh-huh. You know, Adam is always like this. He's he was always one of these cutting edge guys. He always knew the cool thing before everyone else discovered it when it came to art and music and stuff. And I remember him showing me this Bekshinsky book, and I was like, "Oh my god!" That was because that was a reference for the uh, in the Anima video. There was this secondary animated character in it, and. Bekshinsky was kind of the reference for that, so he made him kind of skinny. But but the, the head was an Adam sketch. Like he does these little doodles. Use that for um, the head of the character, and the body was you know referencing Bekshinsky with kind of the skinny mummified looking body and mm-hmm. clothes. He had like a coat, um, an over like a, a trench coat and a pair of pants on that were all kind of patchwork. This weird kind of Bekshinsky's got all these folding folds in the in the cloth of the character's clothing that mm-hmm. in his paintings um so there was a lot of you know a lot of effects that were cut out really amazing stuff from the tool videos that you'll never oh, yeah. see yeah that i would love Over. to see yeah there was especially uh the schism video that was the big one you know mm-hmm. we did did anima uh that was you know a couple puppets and I remember there was a black ostr- a black egg. Wait, no, mm. it was an ostrich egg we used, molded an ostrich egg, and a, it had a black yolk. Like it cracked open, and there was a black yolk, egg, oh, egg yolk, creepy. It was super creepy. And I think that got cut out. Um, there was this weird orifice thing that you could see for a split second that was just like this weird, creepy finger. I can't even describe it like this weird fleshy orifice. You could see it for a second. It's all like shaking. It was like a hand puppet. So you puppeteered Uh it with your fingers that made it in a little bit. Um, But uh, as far as stuff that a lot of stuff that got cut out, the schism video, that was the biggest, um, the biggest job I did with them on a video. Cause you know, vicarious was the last thing I did with them. That was just design work for the little, guys that come out of the eyes and are mm. and the uh the the outer world of the apocalyptic world is kind of my mm-hmm. design and that that character with the uh the x-ray guy and so that was you know photoshop design work basically and then stink fist i was just brought on at the last minute because um they already had the effects built and I did body painting and I did the little uh, tumor back that, that whispered in the guy's ear. So that was, you know, one effect. And then Anima, I, I headed the crew up and we did the puppets and some effects. And then 
uh, what was the other one? The other one was uh, Parabola, Parabola, which mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. a ton of effects, but there was, you know, there was a good amount of effects. But the big one was Schism. That was like a big, that was our biggest budget for them. And it, <clears throat> we made so much stuff. And I actually had to get a big crew together. And a lot of people came and just helped out, you know, because it was such a big job and a cool job. But um, there was, there were these characters that were like floating torsos with camera lenses for eyes, like a camera. I mean, really cool designs that just got cool. cu- cut out because there was no time. You can't mm-hmm. put everything, you know how it is. You film everything and, you know. Um, whatever whatever tells the story right is what you use. Exactly. Whatever doesn't fit goes to goes on the side. Yeah, it's like definitely that old adage of like throwing your children into the ocean because you might have really slaved over something and you know, but if it just doesn't fit, it doesn't serve the art, then fuck yeah, it. It's, yeah. it doesn't belong. Yeah, know? yeah, and you got you got to do that. You have to be able to 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 serve the video. But um, you should also take all that stuff. And not you, but, you know, people that are producing these kinds of things and get a storage area and keep even the stuff that wasn't in it because you know, that stuff could do something someday, somewhere, somehow. Uh, definitely. You know, like floating torsos with camera camera lenses for eyes. Like, you know, those just got thrown away, but mm-hmm. it's like it would be cool. Nah, I'm, sure he, I'm sure he kept them. He keeps, he kept them? Yeah, they, they keep everything, I think. Ah. Yeah. They may make another appearance somewhere. You never know. Never know. With Meathead. <laughs> yeah right that's somewhere the meathead robot is somewhere too so yeah there's I mean I've got a lot of pictures and stuff from those videos as well be cool to post someday some of them have been well and also you guys can if you guys partake in the Chetzar I like to paint monsters documentary there's uh, him talking about these stories as well and probably some angles we didn't talk about as well as visuals that are uh, synced up with it so you can uh, go on a little visual journey through his tool years and Alex Gray of course is in the documentary and he talks about his tool years and meeting Chet and all of that so yeah check it out yeah you you can also get that at chetzar.bigcartel.com you can signed by Chet in fact um, let me see if there's any last minute stories. This is a low key episode because Mike and I are both exhausted, but we're doing it every week. We're going to keep this thing going. Yep. We're uh, devoted to it. Yes. Uh, let's see. Think. Oh, hey, speak while you're thinking, speaking of uh, a little shout out here for the collective intentions guy guys and uh, oh, yeah. Vegas and Vegas Fugati. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. And Chris Cook, uh, those guys run a company called Collective Intentions, and they've been working with Chet on doing these this blotter artwork, which is uh, well, first they did shamanic tendencies. Right. But now yeah. they moved on to disturb the normal. And I just bring it up because we were talking about disturb the normal. But they're basically what? uh, uh you know, the paintings that you did that for it before you did the video or what? Uh, the, Im- the images that are on the blotter art? Yeah, well, it depends. Two of them are from stills from the animations. And then the third one is a painting of one of the animations I did. The okay, en- so, endless tongue so, one. Yeah, Endless Tongue is the one that's a painting. And then 69 and Toilet Training are both the stills, correct? Right, right. So we just put together. I, I helped those guys out. They actually helped me out. This is how the whole dark art society thing works, right? So uh, I needed some help with the Mysterion Kickstarter. They backed it and threw some money down and put up some rewards, which was some blotter art. 
And then uh, similarly, they uh, they asked for a video. And so I just finished a video. We can throw a link in there, too, for you guys to go check out the uh, Shetzar Disturb the Normal Blotter Art Print video, which is only about 45 seconds long. Amazing music on there. And uh, yeah, really cool. And also I took Chet's original Disturb the Normal video that he created and animated it into effectively speaking these blotter art images so you can kind of get a first firsthand look at that. But uh, yeah, they, they just put that video out. So I thought I'd share it on here and uh, give those guys yes. some props. Yeah, they're really, really cool. Happy to be working with them. And so, yeah. Okay. Look, at I, I pulled up my, uh, my um, film credit partial list from my website so um i'm just going to read some off and maybe i'll get some ideas and we'll kind of wrap things up around that uh let's see don't be afraid of the dark i did creature designs for that for those little little guys in that movie that was fun um it's a movie priest i did creature designs the day the earth stood still i did designs for the remake i don't know if anything was used or not but i remember uh working on it barely <laughs> um, let's see yeah Fantastic Four Fantastic Four 2 One Missed Call I did this really cool ghost burned lady that the movie was so bad though oh my god it was so, <laughs> so bad so bad I've seen, I've seen the images because you sent me the images to the sculpture use for was really, ILTPN yeah the, the sculpture was lady. super cool the makeup was super cool but what, what year was that? that was shit that was like Probably 2007, yeah, 2008, maybe something like that. I did stuff on X Men Three. I don't remember what it was, but it was some kind of designs, Photoshop design. I think I helped design the that one dude's helmet. The, I don't even remember his name. I'm telling I you, I don't. I don't watch comic book <laughs> movies, so. <laughs> Well, la dee da. I'm not trying to say it's special. <laughs> I'm just saying I can't help there because I haven't watched any yeah. of the X Men movies. I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of, of them either myself. Uh, Haunted Mansion. We I talked like any, about. I like all the OG shills. Put it that way. I don't care about all these remakes and these sequels and prequels and all this nonsense. That's all I have to say about that. Haunted Mansion continues. Same here. You talked about that last time and how amazing yeah. it was, except for the fact that the movie sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I did stuff on Ring 2, which I helped, you know, sculpt some of the makeup uh, on the little girl. Uh, Hellboy, Hellboy, Men in Black 2, Planet of the Apes was was really fun. Uh, the Grinch, ear painting, who ears? Uh, Nutty Professor. Oh, wait, Pro hold on. How how is it that how is it that you ended up being sitting there with Rick Baker and smoking a hookah in Planet of the Apes? Like, how did that even happen? Uh, that was just, you know, the pro prosthetic, they, a prosthetic orangutan fit me and they asked uh, me if I wanted to be on it in the movie. And I said, sure. Gotcha. And, uh, cause I thought I was going to help me get my health insurance quota uh, up, which it didn't because they ended up screwing me out of, they, they made, made me take a voucher. So I didn't get my, it didn't apply to my, uh. It just it didn't apply to my health insurance, which sucked. So that was right around the time I lost my health insurance. But now I have it thanks to Obamacare. Thank you, Obama. Okay. Um, uh, Nutty Professor 2, I did painting on that. Me, Myself, and Irene. That movie, Me, Myself, and Irene. I did some paint sculpture and painting. Like he has a, Jim Carrey has a cutoff finger, I think. I think uh, I sculpted that. Um 
Three Kings. There was the whole. Did you ever see? I saw that one. That was yeah, a good movie. The whole. That was a good movie. You hold the the scene where where he gets shot with a bullet and it shows the bullet going into the guts. Uh huh. I don't know if you remember that, but it's like a cutaway. Binky Jim Binky headed that whole shot up. It was done through Altarian, but it was actually Binky's gig. He he brought mm. into the shop, so he was in charge of that. And then I helped him sculpt and paint some of the guts, so it was a really realistic kind of gut rig where you can see all the the guts and the gallbladder, and it gets shot. And that was that was a really cool project. Um, nice. There's something about Mary, which I may have talked about, where I, I think I sculpted her boobs, Magda's <laughs> boobs, where she leans out the window. And there's an interesting thing about something about Mary, too, is that um, that character, I think her name was Magda or something. Remember that, where she leans out the window? and she's I like, haven't a, seen it. Oh, she's like an old lady, and there's these big, like, <laughs> hanging boobs. For some, it's for, I guess she didn't have big hanging boobs, so we sculpted these big, saggy boobs. Uh-huh. Um, but she was going to originally be super. I, I, her character was described as like an old dried out woman. And so we did this. I did sculpted this amazing, really old age makeup, full head prosthetic, you know, and super wrinkly. And it was too old and too wrinkly looking. So they just scrapped it, but it was a really, really great makeup, like an old age overlapping prosthetic makeup. I was so, mm-hmm. so disappointed, but, um, we did, yeah. We did all kinds of props, and there's <clears throat> there's one where he guy zips his balls up in the zipper, and there was like an oversized zipper with like ball <laughs> scrotum skin sticking out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it was weird. Uh, I'm telling you, it was weird. Batman, would Batman and Robin, the terrible Batman movie. <clears throat> we did these frozen, a lot of frozen uh there was like rick baker i think did the main stuff in that and then we did kind of there was a whole bunch of other frozen people from mr freeze that we did mm-hmm. these uh silicone bodies and uma thurman has as poison ivy has this lair thing that that we i think Bynke was in charge of that um contact ace ventura 2 we made the the gorilla. I was on set for that and sculpted the gorilla face. Uh, Adam's family values. Uh, paint. I did painting on that. Our shop did the 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 house too. The Adam's family mm-hmm. house. So uh-huh. those uh, miniature guys, Jim Belahovic and some other guys. They're like miniature guys came in and built that. And miniatures are the best. It's really it's a sad it's sad that that art has fallen out of favor. Oh yeah, miniatures, miniatures fucking rule. There was a you know, we've did the shop where I worked at. We did a lot of miniature stuff actually, like the Mortal Kombat stuff. Um, there was Terminator 3D, which is like a I think it was a some kind of like a virtual reality type ride at Universal Studios, and it was like based on the Terminator movie. And there was a whole miniature underground parking garage with all these old huh. old cars that were all wrecked. And so there was just all these building, all these miniature cars, really cool stuff. That is cool. I love doing that. I mean, that like when it comes to technical type stuff, I definitely would be, da- I'm down for that kind of stuff. I mean, even like, and I like to paint monsters. I built that whole for the, uh, for the haunting scene when Lisa's telling her story about being oh, in South right. Africa and yeah. that's all happening. That I mean that whole that miniature I had so much fun building that oh, and shooting yeah. it and like finding out how I was gonna do it and how I'd be able to get the camera to get the low angles and how yeah. to do a Lexan bottom on it. And it's just like I love that kind of shit. That's fun. Yeah, my miniatures are great. Super fun. I'd love to 
do more of that. Uh, I got the tool, schism, parabola, system of a down. I didn't mention that. We did uh, body painting, and that was a really kind of a miserable show, though. It was. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no money. And there was, you know, we did, there was like an umbilical cord coming out of this guy's stomach and body painting and uh, these roots. And I don't know. I don't like the video that much. Yeah, uh, that TV show ER. We did a bunch of realistic babies, silicone babies. Were kind of fun. Oh, really? Yeah, we did some. <laughs> yeah, really cool. Yeah, sculpted because you can't do life casts on babies, you know. So, right, right. So, so uh, that was kind of cool. Then Mad About You, that TV show. Do you remember that TV show, Mad I About do. You? That we did. Yeah. There was a, they had a baby at one point, and so we made the baby for that, and we went on set and puppeteered it. Um, that, that was my mic. Sorry. Oh. That's all right. So, I mean, that's, those are some of the things I have on my website. Um, it's weird because on IMDB, I have a, a, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff on there that I don't have on my website. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. don't know how well, got, you got like Hansel and Gretel's not on your website and you mm -hmm. did some stuff on that, right? Yeah, I did some sculpted some. Oh, I did the I did the uh, Edward the Troll sculpted Edward the Troll for that. That was really cool. How badass is that? That thing's huge, right? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was and uh, I did. I think I did a witch sculpture. One of the one or two of the witch sculptures for that. I haven't seen the movie. I haven't um, either. It says I'm uh, nothing left to fear. I don't even remember working on this movie. I don't even know oh, yeah. what that is. Know <laughs> what it is? Yeah, that's that's how it is. Uh, let's see. I'm just going through this. The Cave. I worked on this movie, The Cave, which sucked. But uh, <laughs> oh, it was a really miserable work situation, too. Man, that was the one I was talking about in the film, where, where it was the summer and it was all hot and we're. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. Uh, Cabin Boy. Did you ever see Cabin Boy? No. It was that was. Uh, oh, is that the one with? Uh, it's got Cammy Chandler. No, no. Uh, well, we did. I did do work on Water Happy Water. Happy Gilmore. We did this. Oh, did yeah, we did uh, an alligator. There's a scene where he's talking in a dream sequence or something where he's talking to an alligator. <laughs> nice. um, there was a lot of weird. Like, I mean, there's so much stuff. I can't even. If I were to sit down and list it, it would be. You wouldn't even believe it. Like, we did a full size hippopotamus sculpture. I don't even remember what it was for. It might have been for Happy Gilmore also. It was around that time. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm just kind of going through here quickly. Uh, there's a movie called Ghost in the Machine where I got burned with acid because we were melting, doing an effect with melting some foam body with sulfuric acid that's splashed on me, and I still have a scar on my arm from that. Gnarly. Yeah, it was one of those things where it, it, we were not using... Uh, just we were dumb and had this idea or it wasn't my idea but i was on set for it to pump sulfuric acid to melt this puppet head and um i remember as we shot it did it we were doing a couple takes and you know adjusting it and reshooting it and i just was like oh i better put some goggles on i put the goggles on we did a take and it got me right in my eye it would have totally Ooh. got sulfuric acid in my eye it was so lucky, but and that's when I got it on my arm. Uh, um, Mom and Dad saved the world. <laughs> did you ever see that movie? <laughs> no. We we did all these, all kinds of weird these fish creatures, and that was kind of 
that was like a big budget super bomb that bombed. Yeah. Cellar Dweller, that was that first one. Click. I did some stuff on Click. That movie Click with Adam Sandler. See, I'm like, I don't even remember all these. Didn't you do uh didn't you work on the second Blair Witch? You did some like no. crazy an- animation shit? No. Oh. Mm-hmm. No. You told me you did some kind of animation on something like uh not animation, but oh, al- like after effects. Altered. Stuff. Altered. Altered. A movie states? called Al- Altered. No, Altered. Oh, Al- Altered. So that it's was... the same guys that made Blair Witch. Yeah. It was that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's the per- okay. the director of Blair Witch. It was this gotcha. alien movie and we did all kind- we did the effects, makeup effects, the alien and and uh I did the uh, visual effects. That was my one time I did visual effects on a movie. Um, Blood Salvage. That was the movie. Blood Salvage is the one oh, with the weird yeah, one. Yeah, the weird. You know, that was from 1990. I, I know. I've never even seen it. Huh. Blood Salvage. Hocus Pocus. I did Billy Butcher's makeup. I sculpted that yeah. and painted it and did the application on set. Stir of Echoes. There was a. A creature uh, or dead person in that. I Bikey did that, and I helped him with that. I like to paint monsters. <laughs> <laughs> An exist. I don't even know how this stuff gets on there. An existential rupturing of hedonistic schemas. Is that the name uh, of a film? Yeah, like a short film. I don't even know what it is. Somebody probably stole one of your paintings and used it in it. You should better find it and watch it. That's weird. Set designer, it says. They credit, they credit you in it. It says set designer. That's so weird. Uh, okay, The what, Rock. What year is that from? This is 2011. Oh. I mean, it could have been something. I don't know. I don't remember. The Rock, the movie The Rock about Alcatraz yeah. Island. I did a uh, acid burn makeup for that. Freaked. I did The Cowboy. If you see the movie Freaked, there was a cow cow guy played uh, by uh, John Hawks, who's a really cool guy. Uh, the Blob, Who Mania. Oh my God, this is old. 1985. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> okay, let me just uh, see if there's any more worth mentioning. Uh, oh, one of the songs, <laughs> The Granny. One of my songs from my old band from 1995. I remember that. oh yeah yeah uh i got producer credit for i like to paint monsters oh mama i did designs for mama the movie oh yeah mama. right yeah. that uh the one that was produced by guillermo or whatever yeah all right that's it let's end this thing <laughs> that so that's 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 it i you know i i think i've covered just about everything i'm, I'm happy to have had that experience I wouldn't trade it for anything and I'm happy to be out of the industry. And if I were ever to return, I would like to return making my own movie. Other than that, I'm happy where I'm at. Well, that's legit. Yeah. Oh, I did some stuff for American horror story too, but just like a couple short, like an alien sculpture and guys face was turned inside out. He like a war mask of a, Inside out, turn inside out face. I've seen that. That's pretty awesome. Oh, cool! Actually, because I watched that show. Hey, did you watch that atypical show I told you to watch? Yeah, it's great. I loved it. Wasn't oh, that great? I, I binged watched it in one day. I loved it. Yeah, so yeah. If you guys get a chance, binge watch the show Atypical on Netflix. It's about people that are on the autism spectrum, and it, it was it was incredibly well done. Yeah, really great. I'm hoping they renew it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, Michael Rappaport, come on, 
guy's amazing. Yeah. He's, he's seriously one of like my my longest standing favorite character actors that exist. I think the first time I saw him was in Higher Learning. Yeah. And I loved that film. I thought that film was so amazing and so ground groundbreaking. And John Singleton just like yeah. kill it, killing it. So anyway, yeah, Michael Rappaport's in Atypical, and I think I think the kid is a top notch actor. The kid is the star, though. The kid is the best. Well, of course he is. He's amazing. He's, he's, he's like so perfect. Yeah. Like he's got the Asperger's thing down. Yep. But Indeed. I uh, I apologize if t- today was a little less focused than usual and. Hopefully you still enjoy it, but you know, like I said, we're both burnt out, completely wasted. So I'm um, uh, doing our best here. But we do want to. We wanted to get you something. Hopefully you'll, you'll find it entertaining. Uh, we might. We, we're talking about a, and possibly doing another artist interview for the next episode. So maybe that'll happen. Thank you okay. for tuning in to the Dark Art Society podcast. All right. Thank you for listening, and have a good day.